Rob and Beth, my children, now both now 121 and 119, were born at a perfect uh, time, perfect for one reason, and that was that they were born just at the right age. Sorry, they're all born at the right age. Everybody's born at zero, aren't they? <laughs> they're born at the right time that we could read together every one of the seven Harry Potter books. Eagerly, we would wait for the next one. After the previous one left just enough untold story or right at the end revealed something that uh, would open up a whole new direction. Well, over the last 10 Sundays, we've been looking at Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Unlike some authors, though, Paul connects his passages really clearly and directly in which each passage or idea is linked to the next expanding or adding to the previous point. We can see this clearly as Paul uses key words or phrases to link these, these points. These signposts are really important to notice, and they usually come at the start of a paragraph in our Bibles. In the first three chapters of Ephesians, we can see three for this reasons, one therefore, one consequently, and several fours. Paul is basically saying here, right, well, you get the previous point, hold that in your mind, and I'm going to add something else really important to that previous point. And this is exactly what we have in our passage today, with the appearance of our first but, connecting what we heard last week with what we've heard today. If you find it helpful, please do um, have your Bibles open at Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 7. That's on page 1175 of the Pew Bibles. So let's just remind ourselves uh, what we heard last week when we had the privilege of listening to our new archdeacon, Paul Breyer, talking about the first six verses of chapter 4. Paul pointed out uh, to us Jesus' prayer for all of us that he prayed at the night of the Last Supper. And that was a prayer that we be united. And in this, passion, this, in this passage from Ephesians, we have these beautiful and powerful words in verse 2 that I hope have been ringing in your head like they have in mine this last week. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Then last week we went on to hear from the author Paul that he gives us a perfect reason for this unity, that being that God himself demonstrates perfect union between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, working together in harmony to bring people to him, bringing us to him in his immeasurable love for each one of us. This love between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is truly wonderful, a love that you can hear in Jesus' words about his Father and about the Holy Spirit within the Gospels. However, now we get to our passage today, a passage that starts with this word, but. So having heard about unity last week, we now see this first verse where Jesus says that he, where it says that Jesus gives grace to people as he sees fit in different ways to different people. The first thing I want us to notice in this is that all good things, grace, comes from Christ. All good things come from him. This is so easy to forget, 
especially here in affluent Surrey. Over the last 10 years or so, I've had a great opportunity with church to visit the, uh, the Ukraine. Um, there I've seen such gratitude uh, looking at how God blesses them so much. I see so much heartfelt thanks as the harvest comes in or prayer being answered for health as it's restored in a country with very little health care. It's often with those who have so little that we see so much gratitude for God's love. Well, back here in Claygate, most of us are lavished with his gifts. We have so much that we often feel that we've actually provided it for ourselves. And yet, when we think about it, if we have certain abilities that make life easier for us, easier to work, easier to build a career, easier to be comfortable, then who's made that possible in the first place? He did. He made us the way he made us. And so all we have is from Jesus. And so it is with this grateful heart that we should thank him. Secondly, he gives differently to different people. This can be hard for us. We may have expectations that we should be a certain type of person with certain sets of skills. I've always loved music, but the closest I've ever got to playing music is myself, is actually being able to play the CD player. When I was uh, 10 years old, at school, I joined the guitar club. We were truly terrible. But despite this, the teacher made a commitment that, he, that we would perform a piece at the end of, concert, uh, end of term concert. Thinking back on it now, I now feel really sorry for him to have made that commitment. As I said, we were truly terrible. Okay, we could just about strum, and a few of us could get the fingers in the right place for the chords, but none of us could change in the time that we needed to to make anything like a song. The teacher realized this just in time, and so chose a song which only had two chords a song that actually would be quite um, deemed inappropriate today. It was, What Should We Do With The Drunken Sailor? <laughs> so he split us into two groups. One was G, and one was the other chord. I can't remember what that is. And he basically played us. He basically pointed at us when we needed to strum. Um, it was at that point that I realized that I would always be an appreciator of music and not a performer. So all gifts are from him, and they're given differently to different people. Paul then goes on to remind us of the background that this comes from when he talks about God, about Jesus, who gives us all these gifts, when he himself gives up everything for each one of us, when he descended to earth, taking the very nature of a servant, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And then he ascended to heaven 40 days later after he was raised from the dead. This was then the start of the church, leaving a small group of men and women who, had become, who would become the church with the power and counsel of the Holy Spirit. To support the church, he called some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Well, the apostles were those that actually saw Jesus and were authorized by him to start the church. 
these faithful men were needed for this very specific purpose at the beginning of the church. The other four roles continue to this day, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and from time to time, prophets. Particular men and women are called for these roles. And it's daunting. As some of you may know, I'm training for ordination um, so that I can serve in this place as a curate like Mike. When the, first, when the idea was first broached some seven years ago, I remember the shock of thinking that this is something that God could be asking me to do. It felt as if I was being asked to play the guitar again. But God equips his people, and after much soul-searching, praying, and intensive testing by the Church of England, it is such a joy to have just completed my first year of a three-year course. This training that is equipping me to be pastor, teacher, and evangelist, here in this place, with you, my church family, that has been so kind, so generous, and so loving to me, Claire, Rob, and Beth. Yes, it feels daunting, but it's also such an incredible, undeserved honor to serve you here. I also pray that I will always remember why I am training. And it's because of this point in verse 12. I'm training to be ready to, be, to play my part in equipping his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. What does the body of Christ being built up mean, though? Well, we can see this in verse 13. We see Paul writes, so that we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. Our vision here connects so well with this verse. Our vision is that we want to see more followers of Jesus, deeper followers of Jesus, and closer followers of Jesus. And this is what growth is. We want to grow in numbers, that more people may know the love of Jesus. We want to grow in knowledge of Jesus, becoming deeper followers of him. And that we want to be united, that we want to be closer together. And how is this done? Well, back to that verse. Equip his people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up. It's through all of our service, through our caring, through our loving of each other and our community that the church is built up. Through you and me, the church, his body, is built. And then we have this beautiful but verse. That's at the beginning of our passage. To enable the church to be built, Christ lavishes grace on us all differently, each specially gifted to serve him in a special way that he wants us to. This is exactly Jesus' intention, that we are different, that we need to rely on each other and be relied on by each other. And these are things that we should celebrate. I'm so glad that he gifted John to play the organ and Toby to play the guitar at 9.30. I'm so glad that we don't have to rely on my musical prowess. We would be a very quiet church. Key to the proper working of each part of the human body is that each part does what it's designed to do and does it well. Now, a body part just does what it does, controlled by its DNA. But we have a choice to do what we do. So how do we know what we should be doing? Now, some of you already know this, 
And that's brilliant. Some of you actually may be doing too much, and you, and you may need to do less. When I started training, I had to give up so much at church. I no longer have the time to lead a home group or to be active on the PCC. Others of us may underestimate what we can do. Maybe you feel drawn to a particular piece of uh, service in the church or in the community, um, but you may think that you would never be able to do it. Well, why don't you go and talk to somebody who already does that activity? Or what if there's something out there that you've never even thought of doing? How would you possibly get connected with those types of activities? Well, this is where other people should step in. The first person um, who said he could see me becoming a curate was Stu Wright, our youth leader at the time. Prior to that, I had never even had the tiniest inkling that I would be uh, doing what I'm doing. So if you think someone else in the church would be brilliant at doing something, why not gently talk to them with humility, being patient with each other, uh, always with love. So together, as we journey through, life's, through life, God will stretch us. We will discover new gifts, and old ones will pass away. But there, there is no better journey to travel, and a journey that you will never be alone in. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and a worldwide church of 2,000 brothers and sisters, each one uniquely gifted. Amen. Oh,